those are some cute kids, but isn't it uh, isn't it fun to get the handmade cards, hand decorated cakes and cookies that may or may not look professionally done, pancake syrup on the table, always laundry, right? First of all and foremost. If you're a mom today, we want to say Happy Mother's Day. Um, but keep this in mind this morning. Mother's Day can be very difficult for someone trying to talk about uh, uh, our moms, and maybe our mom's not here anymore. Uh, maybe we didn't have a great relationship with our mom. And this is all, this is, it can be very, very awkward, very, um, very different. But what I want to tell you is this. Don't let the world's uh, definition of mother, mom, depict who you think you are. The lady in the video says it's it's really easy for me to pick up on the negative. Our identity is not in what the world sees us as. Our identity is how God sees us. Uh, I have many adopted moms. Uh, I may need to go down a little bit. I'm hearing a little bit of echo up here. But um, I have a lot of adopted moms. Uh, moms that took care of me. Uh, they disciplined me even if I was at my buddy's house. Uh, you know, they fed me. Uh, they taught me also. Uh, happy Mother's Day! And if you're if you're a mom, if you're not a mom yet, if if you, maybe if you couldn't be a mom, maybe you're a mom to four-legged fur people, fur babies. Okay, Happy Mother's Day. Okay, we just want you to feel welcome here. Uh, my name is Matt, and I'm glad that you've chose to to worship with us at Connection this morning. It's <clears throat> hot. Galatians chapter three. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 3 in a little bit. If you want to go ahead and turn there, flip on your phone, uh, go to Galatians chapter 3 in your Bible app. There are also going to be words up here. Um, Jack already had you, he warmed you up with the 1, 2, 3 together. Okay, some of you, anybody ever felt lonely? Like, hey, I have to do this all by myself. I'm going through this, this world, uh, all by myself. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul's talking about, uh, experiences in this morning. Uh, we're, we are celebrating our mothers, but we're also talking about how and why our moms probably taught us the way that they did. It was probably someone, there was a mother figure or a parent figure to them, taught them, and then they teach us. It's our job in, in our spiritual life. It's exactly the same way. Understand, understand this. When you come to Connection and you, and you seek out what God wants for you to do, and maybe if Connection is your church home, you have a puzzle piece. And over the last five studies of this series, uh, we've had a Easter and dunk party and things, but we, we've looked at some different things. Um, we've looked at our spiritual gifts. Some of you took a test. Uh, it's, it just gives you a strengths, maybe where you score higher in something, and you and you sent me those results. You said, well, I didn't really know this about myself. Uh, some of you had a pretty good idea. Some of you said, they may change from whenever I was younger in life. But we looked at the gifts that God gives us. Okay, Individually, we looked at the gifts that God gives us. Then we went to looking at our heart. Okay, And, and if you if you study anybody's uh, material, this is an, this is an acronym acrostic that that uh, that Rick Warren uses. Um, but he's talking about our spiritual gifts. How can you do what God wants you to do? We talked about our heart. When we start talking about our heart, it gets a little bit difficult because when we have to look at inwardly at ourselves, sometimes we don't like what we see. Often we don't like what we see. Because you know the real you. And you know you know how you act. You know so when we talk about acting in our hearts, God wants us to be humbly, humbly to use those gifts. Then we look at our attitude. 
I have people that talk to me all the time. You know, if you would just quit saying we get to work instead of we have to work, uh, I would like that more. But no, you get to. These things in life we get to do. We, we're not made to do. And our attitude reflects how those gifts can be used. And then the last Sunday, a couple weeks ago, I preached on our personalities. And this was pretty fun. Uh, we were talking about our personalities. Some people uh, are very extroverted. I could ask probably two or three of you to come up here. You could stand up here and you could just talk like this and it wouldn't be a problem and, and these people wouldn't bother you and some of you are sweating because you're not that way and, you, and you're saying to yourself, please do not call me up there. I do not, you know, it's, t- it's difficult for me to take face down and come up here in front of people. Um, we're different. Our personalities are different. Uh, and God uses those personalities. He's created you to be the way that you are. But another huge thing that God has used to shape you who you are is from your experiences. And, if, and I appreciate people that shared uh, my post on Facebook. But if you saw my post on Facebook yesterday, it talks about our experiences shaping our lives. Unfortunately, these can be very, very good. But oftentimes we learn the most from the ones that aren't so good. The, the ones that hurt. The ones that are painful. Um, but our experiences, regardless... In, in the end of that post, I put, I put if you're, you're, you're welcome here, everybody's welcome because Connection doesn't care where you're from or even where you're at. We're, care, we're seriously caring about where you're going. Closer to Christ. Growing in your relationship with Him. But our experiences have taught us so much. So I thought that I would share some experiences and some lessons that my mom taught me and maybe your mom or dad or mother figure in your life taught you these too. Tell me if you've ever heard this before. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. For For the longest... For the, for, the, for the history of the stove, if it was either on or there was a fire built in on it, guess what? The stove's always been hot. It was on, right? The stove is hot. But some of us have something scarred on us that we just had to see, right? If, it, if there was a rope in the middle of the sanctuary and it says don't pull, how many people would go up and pull it? Be honest. Thank you, my people. Alright, so, so, mom said, don't touch the stove. Why? Because somebody told her. Now, we're going to talk about some pretty applicable ways, and we're going to talk about how this relates with our spiritual stuff, but the second one, and I can't remember honestly if it was my mom or my grandma, some, one of them, uh, one of, either two of my grandmas or, or my mom. <laughs> and I was helping them bake, cook. I got at this great big jar full of Hershey's baking cocoa, and it smells so good. And I got a spoon, and I got it out right here. I'm getting ready to get in there. I associated Hershey's with Hershey's syrup, right? Hershey's bars, Hershey's chocolate. Hershey's is good. Hershey's is probably going to be in heaven. So, Hershey's baking cocoa. And I heard one of them say, you probably don't want to take a great big spoonful of that and eat it. Yeah, you might as well have had that rope with a don't pull sign on it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. Have you, anybody ever done this? Yes? Yes? Have you tried imitation vanilla? It tastes nothing like vanilla Dr. Pepper, does it? No, sir. No, and, and, I mean, I can imagine, uh, you take his bite and you you can't swallow it. I mean, you, 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 you and all of a sudden you, 
and you just, you know, you know, chocolate cocoa cloud, right? But our experiences, I mean, just simple things. How about this? How many times did you have a bad day at school and you came home and your mom understood? She saw the way that you were acting. Maybe she knew that you had something going on. Maybe you didn't do well on a test. Maybe you had fighting with your friends and she had you come in. Maybe she had fresh baked cookies. Maybe she had little baby cakes. Okay, I don't care what she had. But she sat down and she sat with you and she talked with you about your day. Or after work. Or however this happened. Now why, why would she do that? Because she has experienced... Bad days, just like you have. And she knows how to pass that knowledge on. And dads, you can do this too. Oh, number four is not quite my favorite. But mom uh, has, was experienced enough in life that she disciplined me. And I know, you, you guys know me on Sundays, and there couldn't possibly be anything that you could ever be punished for. But in fact, I was disciplined quite often. Okay, But as a result of me being disciplined... I was less likely to do it again. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't have to be reminded. Paul is going to talk to a church right here that needed desperate amounts of reminding. Anybody, anybody's mom ever have to remind them more than one time? No? Yeah? There were different stages of reminding, right? First one's pretty cool. Hey, you forgot to take out the trash. Okay. Second one gets maybe a little bit more, um, how do I say, authoritative, possibly. Uh, taking the key. Listen, my mom and dad never, never corrected me. And it hurt as bad as give me your keys, right? They found out they found out what, what, what works and they used it. My mom taught me that. Maybe this. Maybe you come from maybe you are maybe you are absolutely blessed enough to have come from a family that knows personally what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And your mom knew about her experiences with Jesus and that she sought to take you to church. She sought to to tell you about Christ. She taught to tell you about the things that happened in her life. And I, there are people in here that, that I've shared this with before, but my parents Vaughn told me I was going to church. Anybody in that boat with me? Vaughn told, Vaughn asked, whatever you want to say. Dad would come in and say, hey, do you want to go to church? I'd go, nope. <laughs> oh, good. We're, good. We're, going, we're getting ready to go, so hop in. And I thought, well, you, you just asked me. And he said, you just thought you had an opinion on this matter. So, but I thank them for that. And some of you have parents that did that exact thing with you because it was the experiences of God in their life that they wanted their family to have. When you start talking about things like this, experiences in church, you're now not operating on application of today. You're operating on application of eternity. You're dealing with some real, real stuff here. Okay, yeah, you can have a bed day at school. Everybody's had one. Some people have a lot of them. I had a lot of them. Okay, But we're talking about experiences that lead us to Christ. Now, why do I bring up these things? Why do we talk about cocoa and the stove's hot and everything? Because it will stick with you. The next time your kids are in the kitchen and you go, you know, you, maybe, maybe you grab them and teleport them away from the stove. I don't know what you do. But you, you say, hey, the stove's hot. Huh. <laughs> if you're this type of parent, just let them take a little bite of baking cocoa. They'll only do it once. Okay, it doesn't hurt them. Okay. But we use these experiences to teach what we've already learned. The stove is always hot. There's no baking cocoa, and I've tried different brands. I, I had to be just influenced, I guess. I tried different brands. No baking cocoa tastes good, okay? The one that doesn't have sugar in it. Add sugar. Your mom understood heartbreak 
and she understood how to comfort you on a bad day, and she disciplined you because she loved you, and maybe she prayed for you, even if you didn't want her to, and she was still on her knees praying for you. It was experiences that she had experienced herself that she was passing on. Look at your worship handout. If you have this, just open to the, open to the middle page. We're going to fill out some blanks here. Look at the very first one. This won't be very hard to guess. Look at this. Experiences have impacted and shaped our lives. Don't waste them. God can use them. Now, the only thing that I can say about experiences is this. They're not all good. They're not. Maybe, maybe you dated the wrong person. Maybe you married the wrong person. Maybe people... Some of you have experience with this. Some of you have experience that if you decide that you want to go over 55 miles an hour over here, there are consequences to some experiences, right? And I know we don't have anybody that speeds in this church, so whatever. Um, okay, anyway. You've experienced things in your relational life, your emotional life, your, your thing, you understand. There's a lot of you that with a lot of life experience that could come to me, and I, I have, uh, Mary and I are in contact with people that have mar- been married much longer than us, much longer than our 14 years, and we talk to them on a regular basis. I find that we were in our first anniversary, Mary and I, and she's, in, she's teaching kids, but we, we, had a, we got a dinner cruise in St. Louis from my father-in-law. And we got to take the train around St. Louis. We got to watch the sunset in between the arch and eat dinner from the Illinois side. It was really, really beautiful. And this lady comes up to us and she said, Hey, we don't want to downplay your first anniversary, but in the next car, there's a husband and a wife that are celebrating their 70th anniversary. I desperately wanted to talk to them about the experiences that they'd seen. This couple had lived through three wars. Okay, I wanted to see how how they had 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 got through things. But we can't waste those experiences. We always want the good ones, but we don't always get the good ones. Not all the time. Don't waste it. If you learn something, don't do it again. I know that's easier for me to say. Look at Galatians chapter 3 on the screen or in your Bible or on your phone. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Paul writes to this church. <laughs> Getting a letter from Paul would have been uh, possibly highly comical in biblical times. Also possibly um, very to make yourself very self-aware of what you're doing maybe possibly wrong. Maybe Paul calls you out in one of these letters. But he says, I mean, think of chapter 3, alright, chapter 3 everybody, and, and they got together and they read this letter and it says, you foolish Galatians. Now, listen, Paul, Paul, Paul is talking to these people because he's experienced things that he's trying to teach them so they will learn. He says, who has cast an evil spell on you? We'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, magic and demonic black magic stuff existed now like it existed then. Um, who cast an evil spell on you for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of His death on the cross. Let me ask you one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Look at verse 3. How foolish can you be? Again, that's the second time. He's called them foolish. Second. I kept track. After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? 
Surely it was not in vain, was it? That's tough. And I ask you again, repeating, because your mom never had to ask you twice, right? Okay. Thank you for being human and understanding. Okay. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe in the message you heard about Christ. He's repeating himself. He's talking in, in this book about experiences. Here's, we don't have, we possibly, there's no way we have time. We wouldn't have time in a week. But I can come to each individual one of you with a piece of paper and I'll, tell, I'll, I'll have you tell me this. Give me one thing that you've experienced in life that you've done this way and it didn't work. And no one would have a problem. Right? No one would have a problem. Um, we see these instances. He says, right here, he says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? No, of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. We have these experiences in our lives. Some of them are so bad that you want to forget them. They are. Everybody, most people have those. Very, very tough times to go through. Um, very, very hard time, but it's those times, I don't know about you, but me, it is those times where I look back now and I did some serious growing spiritually through those times. Now, I don't like that process as much as you do. Why can't we just learn that much from the good ones? I get you. That's not how it works. Okay, we, we go through the hard things. God gets us through it. Then, then we learn. Did your mom ever have to say more than one time for you to do something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chances are good, right? Now I have a question. Your mom, dad could have been the... Uh, the abs, you know, the, the the power, the authority in your household. And I have I have a question. Just answer this on your own, okay? Our parents had to remind us more than one time. But some of us carry our younger childhood with us because we have a God that's been begging and asking us to do something, and we just say, "Hey, not today." God has to keep repeating Himself. Some of, some of us may have been running for five or ten years. Listen, I ran for seven years. I didn't want to do what God wanted me to do. He said, I want you to pastor. I said, I don't want to pastor. And I mean, no offense to this. Okay, I told us at nine o'clock, just make it even. I said, God said, well, why don't you want to become a pastor? I said, I don't want to deal with the people. I don't want to hear their words about how, what they said about my dad and my grandpa. I don't want to, I don't want to hear this, this sharp stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to do it. I said, I'll go to Africa and I will plant churches or I will be a missionary to wherever in this world as long as I do not have to be a pastor. No, I didn't know all of you. Okay. I didn't know any of you. I had a couple, but I mean, no disrespect. I love this church. You talk to any pastor around here, probably the hardest job he's ever done is pastoring a church. It's also the most rewarding at times. You see the biggest, you can see huge impacts in people. We have people here that five years ago are not the same person. They're not the same person spiritually, physically, or anything. God is just changing them. And we use these experiences. I, I spent seven years of God saying, I want you to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. So, so I thought I got off the hook, literally. When Mike met with me, I was 27, he said, hey, do you want to come down and be the worship leader? I said, yes, because that's not the pastor. 
<laughs> then I was here about three or four years, and he said, you realize that you're probably going to be the pastor of Connection. No, I didn't, I didn't hear him. He had to remind me again. Okay. Look at the first blank on your, on your handout. Look at this. We're going to look at five areas that you have experiences in. Some of these are going to bring up great memories. Some of these may not. Okay, but we have to learn from them. Your relational experiences. Maybe you dated a whole bunch of people, and uh, I saw one of my friends, she posted last night, uh, about she doesn't ever think that she's ever going to find the right guy. You know why it's so hard for her to find the right guy? Because her standards are biblical. Big time. A guy that's going to get her attention is going to be somebody that walks very, very closely to God. Relational experiences. You've been a friend, parent, child, aunt, uncle, whatever. You have relational, maybe best friend. You have relational experiences. You know that you've had some of your best days with people relationally, right? Maybe you fished with your best friend and you caught 100 catfish before noon. Hey, that's awesome. Maybe you were you were hunting with your best friends or you you guys go on a girls weekend or something and you just have the best time and you do all this. But you also and those are good, but you also know that some of the closest people to you can cut you the deepest. You understand friends that can just cut you deep, fast. Maybe you've reconciled those relationships, maybe you never have. Maybe you've maybe both parties weren't. Okay, but relationally, we have experiences. Do you pass those on to your kids? Yeah, you know, we have we have a third grader and a kindergartner that comes home, almost fourth grade and first grade. I'm not sure how that's possible, but anyway, they are. And they come home and they say, they say, so and so said this. I could do one of a couple things. I could say, so. It doesn't teach her anything. And I, 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 listen, I'm teaching principles that John Maxwell teaches to pastors. And I said, you have to learn to dance with people, Emma. Dance with people? <laughs> she physically thinks she's going to like whip a name with people. I said, no, that's not it. You have to learn to dance with people. You have to learn how to get along with people that are really nice to you and people that are not nice to you. Well, I would rather just not be around people that aren't nice to me. I said, okay. But you can't escape that. Now, some of you like, she's third grade. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff happening in third grade. If you haven't been there in a while. <laughs> some of you are going to get that about 2 o'clock today. It's all right. Some of us had a great relationship with our parents. Some of us didn't. Some of us had great knowledge passed down to us. Some of us, we're a first generation person of spirituality. Some of us had a wealth of knowledge. Some of us don't have anything. Our relationships have shaped us deeply. Our experiences relationally have shaped us. Look at the next one. And some of you are going to push mute on this because school is almost out. But look, educational. Listen, we have people in connection that graduated 8th grade and we're done. Not graduated high school, graduated high school. Um, we have people with bachelors. We have people with masters. We have people with doctorates. It doesn't matter. Educationally, you were taught. Some of you dislike school greatly. <laughs> and there were other people that couldn't wait to go back. Right? Couldn't wait to go back. Oh, I can't wait to learn. 
sat beside a couple of them. You weirdo. It's almost summer. We don't want to be here. You realize the pool's open, right? Our educational experiences deal with what we've learned. Even though you may or may not have liked... Maybe you didn't like school. Watch this. Even if you didn't like school, could you tell me a favorite teacher that you had? Chances are, yes. You tell me somebody that, that you experienced a, uh, an educational thing and they just, they, just, they just understood you? I have a guy that he was... He, check this out. I'm a PE major, okay? Master's in theology. But my, my, my undergrad, or my, my, uh, my full degree was... In physical education and teaching, Doctor uh, Mr. Porter, Professor Porter, he wasn't a doctor yet, he was, he was doing that. Professor Porter taught an upper-level writing class in college, and he, which, by the way, came in very handy for those of you that understand seminary homework, very handy. But he, he just got us and you know, we're college, half the class is college baseball players, and he comes into class, and you know, you have professors that have ties and everything on, and they're, you know, they're pressed khakis. This dude comes in in like, like slash jeans, and, uh, Jerusalem cruisers like I have on, the flip flops, and he comes in, and he's got this like Bahama, uh, you know, print style shirt on, Panama Jack shirt or something, he comes in, he, he just untucked. He's like, what's up? Okay, we were just more meeting this professor. And I'm like, this guy's my teacher? What's up? Turns out he's from Northern California. He's dressed like this his entire life. Okay, but he educationally taught us in a manner that I've never been taught before. Maybe he had a coach like that. that they, were, they, just, they just met you where you are. Educationally. Why was it so hard for us to pick up the math book? Some of you are like, oh, 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 I'm done with algebra, right? When algebra started using only letters, I was out, right? <laughs> it's easy for us to pick up magazines like North American Whitetail or Better Homes and Gardens or Cosmopolitan or whatever you read or Pinterest. <laughs> Yet it's difficult for us to pick up God's Word. Why in the world would we not want to educate ourselves spiritually? You know, the, the, the friends that I hang out with, we all love to shoot a, a huge deer. So we read this North American Whitetail written by guys who have done it. So we say, okay, I'm going to get their advice on how to do it. Why in the world would I not pick this up and have my brain trained and studied on people that have experienced things that I'm going through right now? Why would I not do that? Yet, some Bibles in America collect far more dust than what they ever should. Look at the next one. Look at the next one. Some of, some of you, some, oh, by the way, talk about a couple different parts of you educationally. Some of you are the OCD people. You're early to class, always prepared, okay, always had the pencils. You always had the pencil box that everybody could borrow from, right? Some of you, some of you were, was that person. And some of, some of you were the person that would sit beside that person and go, hey, can I borrow a piece of paper? Hey, can I borrow a pencil? <laughs> See, we're all created differently. Some of us never cracked the books and you made great grades and others crammed all night, all-nighters, just cramming, cramming, studying, studying, studying and some of you just showed up and you woke up 15 minutes before you took the test. Good. I was like that. My sister hated me for that. <laughs> she just did. I also didn't see my potential because I didn't study, by the way. Um, so there, there's, there's things like that. Look at the next one. Our spiritual 
Our next bike is spiritual. Look at this. Our mentors, so many people that have been put in our life. Maybe there's many people. Our spiritual experiences with people. Now you're dealing with changes to eternity and God's kingdom. You're moving into a spiritual level of how you were taught. Maybe you can remember a great worship service where you realize firsthand, first time, how much God loved you. Maybe you were going through a rough, rough, rough time in worship and you just stood in worship going, oh, thank you God for loving a dirt ball like me. These ladies sing dry bones. Comes out of the Old Testament. Dry bones coming alive. It would be fantastic to be able to see that. Just a miracle of God. What would it look like if Christians that have been asleep for a long time suddenly come back to life? It would change the world. It wouldn't just change Mount Vernon. It would change the state. Which, by the way, we're approaching, I believe, close to 75% of our state. Doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. We can't not do something. I talked with men this past week that are, that are giving up so much in life because God has called them spiritually to reach other people using experiences that they've learned from other people, experiences they've tried and failed, and they attempt to keep breaking the code of the community where they are so they can tell people about Christ. And I listen to them cry, and I listen to them laugh, and I listen to them pray, and I listen to them tell me these stories about how Satan was fighting with them, but how God was bringing victory to some of them. It was incredible. But these spiritual situations, these these experiences are are our fuel. Everybody likes to be on the spiritual mountaintop. There's not a single person that has a relationship with Christ that doesn't like the mountain. There are zero trees that grow on top of a high mountain. Zero. You do not grow up there. It's good to be there. But the high points help get you through the low points. You look down the valley, and those are the trees. The hard times. Psalms 23, the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you're with me. And the psalmist just just goes through that. You hear it at a funeral. My wife and I have have suffered a miscarriage before we had any kids. I thought, man, I don't even know if we're going to have kids. I didn't, listen, I'm going to say this because you guys understand me. Very much like you, when things like this happen, they're greatly awful, they're horrible, they're, they're, they're bad. I didn't really talk to God in a pastoral manner. I got very angry. Very. God, I'm doing everything He wants to do. Why can't we have, why can't we have kids? And it was through that time that God brought us through with other people coming into our lives. God blessed us with two beautiful daughters. And we're also the parents to many other kids. That's been passed down to us too. We, just, we don't know a stranger. So it's those things that come through that were the hardest to get through, but they have the most potential to help someone. Probably close to 20 couples, Mary and I have physically sat down one-on-one with or two-on-two with, and we have explained and talked about those feelings because we know exactly what they are. And we're able to, I said, you probably don't feel like doing this, and you probably feel like this. I mean, how do you know this? Been there. 
And I looked at the husband and I said, I don't care if you can bench press a bulldozer. You are not strong enough to take that pain away from your wife. He goes, I know. And I said, you have to understand that you need to fall into Christ. And I give him this advice. Look at the next, look at the next blank. You also get taught here. You have experiences vocationally. Ah, you know it's Sunday. We shouldn't talk about our job, right? Listen, you have been, you have been taught how to do things. Some of you have been taught how to do things that I, could, I can probably never do. What was taught to you? What can you do? Like, like I taught with Emma, at my job I had to learn to get along with different people that didn't believe like I did. And this is very hard. Especially if you're a last word person like me. <laughs> there's none of those here. Okay, there's no stubborn people here. Okay, that's good. Our vocational jobs have taught us a lot about how God has gifted us. Some of you do this. Some of you build things. Not on my resume. I can tear things down. That is on my resume. Not building. Not building. Some of you build things. Some of you take care of other people. Some people take care of animals. Some people sell goods to other people. The list goes on. Our vocational experiences are important because for the majority of us, which since the majority of our life, close to it, you will at the end of working. It's, 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 where, it's where you do your work. I shared, there was a lady that, I gave, I gave blood um, at Summersville at the school, at the school, and uh, they, they, they tie my arm up, and this vein right here, like, pops like this high. <laughs> this lady that was, t- she would tie my arm, and she comes over to me, and she goes, and I'm like, whoa. She's kind of, I don't like needle. I'm not a big needle fan, okay? And <laughs> that's why I don't have any tattoos right now. So, if they could just ever do without needles. Anyway, this this was just really bumped up, and she came at me like this, and I'm like, whoa, lady, it's my blood. I know I'm going to give you some, but come on. Now she wanted to like drain me, I think. Which I gave blood very, 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 very rapidly, and I said, hey, I'm good. I sat up, and then I, if you've ever given blood, I had about four juices, and I laid down for about a half an hour, okay? So, so the, the, our vocation shapes us. Look at the Look at the very last one on these. Look at this. This is the one that we want to put in the closet, shut the door, lock the key, throw the key in the river, and we don't ever want to talk about these again. These are the most hurtful, painful experiences to go through, and they have the most value. There there are pastors here. The hardest job that you've ever done is probably be a pastor. Unless you were leading other pastors as a group. It's like trying to teach teachers. It's hard. But they also have the most reward to baptize young men and women, people my age, older people. I, I was talking with somebody about a guy that was at our first our first service, and they asked me about who that was, and I said he was actually the first person that was baptized at Connection, and he was in his late 60s. And he, he shared with me about his life. And Anyway, the, our painful experiences have the most reward, and, the mo- and they can help the most. See, Paul has all the experiences in his head. Okay, he, he, he understands what these people are going through. Look at, look at Galatians in your Bible, chapter 3, verse 1. Look at, look at this. If you're, if you're there, you can highlight on your phone or underline in your Bible. This wouldn't be a pleasant letter to read. Listen here, you little idiots, right? This is basically what he's, this is 2017 translated. Listen here, you little idiots. Now, look at look at that word. 
That second, that second word is nothing to just laugh at. He's not calling them jokesters. He's not talk, He's saying they're foolish. They are literally choosing wrong. And it is not okay. Foolish in this day and age. This is, this is a huge, a huge word. It says, you foolish Galatians. Who has cast an evil spell on you? Now, he, he's, he's almost being sarcastic. He, this stuff is real. This stuff existed then. Okay, magic and dark stuff and, and demonic things. Who's casting those spells? Basically, he's asking, why do you think like you're thinking right now? And he goes on. And he says, For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. What were the Galatians doing? The Galatians were, were, were listening to people who were teaching them incorrectly. You know as well as I do, if you listen to the wrong... Let's just say, we'll just talk about our friends, because we don't ever do this. We talk about our friends, okay? Maybe your friend insisted on you do something, and when you said no, they did what all good friends do. They kept asking you until you did it, right? <laughs> talk about foolish. <laughs> you listen long enough, all of a sudden, you know, it's not that bad of an idea. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Hey, I'll go all along with you. Today, spiritually, we, we, hear, we hear Satan's voice in our head and he says, Matt, you're not adequate enough. You're not a good husband. You're not a good dad. You're not a good pastor. You're not a good anything. And we hear this, don't we? Keep in mind that our identity is not made on any earthly scale. Our identity, if you're in Christ, is in Christ. That's who you are. And some of us feel inadequate. Some of us think, I just am foolish all the time. He says, for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you'd seen a picture of his death on the cross. This is, this Galatian book, this is post Jesus dying on the cross, ascending to heaven. This is one of the first churches. Okay, they're do, they're living and loving like Jesus. But Paul comes in and he says, listen, you little idiots. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. And he goes on to explain. Look at verse 2. If you're, if you're a part of our connect groups, you often hear this in our connect group meetings. How about this question? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? He's talking to Jewish people that understand what the law of Moses is. Over 600 laws, no one possibly, even the highest polluting Pharisee could never follow all of them. And he said this. He said, let me ask you one question. So Paul gets right to the heart of the matter and he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? This is Old Testament. This is Old Law. Jesus came. He was the New Covenant. Many of these people here were followers because they'd received the Holy Spirit. Either in Acts 2 when His Holy Spirit came, when Peter preached, they had, they had become followers. They'd been baptized. They'd, been, they'd, been, they'd received the Holy Spirit. They're just like you and I if you have a, if you have a relationship with Christ. He says, no, you didn't get it from doing those things. Those things were legalistic. Those things were humanly attainable for you to do. He says, of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. See, he's not talking to anybody different than us today. He says, you heard, you heard the Word about God and we asked Him to come into our life. Look at verse 3. They need to, like they need to remind me again. All right, listen here, you little idiots. How foolish can you be? How... Look, because look what they're doing. After starting their new lives in the Spirit, okay, they became followers of Jesus, they were Holy Spirit-filled people, they were living and loving like Jesus, doing this church thing, spreading the Gospel. And He says, after you started your new lives, and He says, why are you now trying to become perfectly or perfect by your own human effort? 
they were rotating back to their comfort zone. Do you know what happens when you rotate back to your comfort zone? Nothing's hard. Nothing's hard. I explained to a guy, I said, man, I had this car trouble this week. Now, I'm up in Chicago land area. And I said, I had this car trouble this week. And I said, we're down to one vehicle. And I said that again to myself. I said, I had car trouble this week. And I'm down to one vehicle. I had car trouble this week. And I'm down to one vehicle. Man, and I have taken steps to have emergency money set up. That if something goes wrong, which it will and does that we have money to take care of that. And I'm sitting here talking with guys <laughs> that are exceptionally outnumbered of race and funds and everything, and they're trying to give everything they have to start a church. And I literally, I didn't hear his voice. I'm like, God, like, you little idiot. <laughs> Do you realize how first world problem stuff is in your life right now? You have the money to fix the car. Okay, so you have to have one car for a whole week. But I'm not the only one that does this. <laughs> hey, I'm not trying to get you in the boat with me, but we're not, we're not alone. If you own a vehicle in, in the global population, you are in the top 5%. Just let that... You, by the way, that puts you in the same, the same category as Trump and gay. You're all in that 5% together, by the way. How, I mean, how does that suit you? We get comfortable, don't we? <sighs> Two cars. Well, I think I get a third. We drive this one on odd days. We drive this one when I go fishing. See, he said this. You become perfect on your own. You're trying to be legalistic, do things that you want to do, and they're not growing spiritually. They're not following Jesus. Look at verse four. Have you experienced so much for nothing? This is it. Did you go through all the stuff that you went through for nothing? Think about it. Think about right now. Maybe, maybe you've been married more than one time. Maybe you, maybe you dated. Chances are the person that you're married to, may, chances are very, very good. They're not the only person that you dated for your entire life. Okay. Maybe you're high school sweethearts. That's great. Okay. But chances are you dated other people. I used, I dated a girl before I married my wife. We went to church together. I'm like, man, this is really cool. We're in church together. She calls me one night. My buddy Richie's sitting right next to me. And he just sees my face, my face just turn pale white. He goes, dude, what's going on? And I said, this girl said the last three months we've been going to church. And the only reason that we've been going to church together is because she has a respect for me and my belief, but she doesn't even believe that there's a God. And having my convictions because my parents had experienced taking people to church gives you a good foundation of thought process. I said, I'm sorry, but this can't happen. And then I caught a lot of flack from my friends. Well, why'd you break up with her? She doesn't believe in God. So she's got a Mustang. You have friends like this. And so she has a Mustang. And I said, well, you don't understand. Their parents had not experienced what my parents had experienced to tell me and to teach me these things. That's why it's so important that we pass this on. He says, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? You went through stuff. God brought you out of stuff. He's taught you a new way to love people. And you're going to not do anything about it? For too long, the church in general, people have just done this. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Just, close, just, put a, just put a cover over our eyes. 
Because I saw firsthand. I wept for these people. These church planners up in Chicago. Now, why is that important? Because connection in the very near future is going to get our hands dirty on helping them. Surprise. We're not going to stay comfortable. We're going to go work. We're going to go share. We're going to go teach. We're going to go whatever we can do. Yes, we do in Mount Vernon. But if we're going to plant a church in the near future, going up and helping a church planner kind of goes hand in hand. Right? What better training? Look at the next blank. Look at the next blank. It says, what, what we experience should teach us. Now, yes, we should learn from our experiences. This is why. The question is, are we allowing God to use those experiences? Why don't we let God use these experiences? Because they're painful and we don't want to bring them back up. I can assure you this. I do not like talking to people about Mary and I losing a baby. I don't like talking to them about it. But God has made it easier on us. Every single time that we get to talk with someone, it becomes easier for us and it becomes so easy for us to teach about God's love. We talk with some people that aren't Christians. They don't, they, they're just, they don't have a relationship. But because we've experienced this, we get to talk and interact with them. They say, how do you get through this? How'd you get through losing your job, man? <laughs> well, I'm getting ready to talk to you about something that you don't think exists. And it's an opportunity for me to share Christ with Him. Share His love for him, for me. How He's taken care of me. How He's changed me. But are your experiences being used? If they're not being used, then they were wasted. And verse 4 is exactly right. They were, were they in vain? Well, look at verse 5. <laughs> Third time, I ask you again. This is, this, is, this, is, this is not the time when mom has asked you. This is not the time that mom has asked you again a little bit sternly. Now she might be calling you an idiot, okay? Listen, I ask you again. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? No. Look, he says, of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. And to see that these people had been given the Holy Spirit and God was working miracles among them meant one thing. That God was moving in their lives. They were seeing things that they had never seen before. Some of you, some of you, ten years ago would have never even thought about sitting in church. And here you are. Some of you five years ago would have said, I can never get over that addiction. And now you've been sober from that addiction for a long time. Or a lot less than he used to. See, God, God is moving here. As much, as much as it is easy, so easy for us to concentrate on the negative, God said, listen, look at your experiences and look at what I've done for you. On a, on a bad day, when you're having a bad day, just think back and count your blessings. That should be a song. By the way, if, if no one... We have some kids here that may have not ever sang out of a hymnal. It does exist. Okay, You can YouTube it. Okay, He says, of course not. It's because you believe the message about Christ. Why is that... Why, is it, why does it say, because you believe the message you heard and everything has changed? Because at the name of Jesus Christ, everything changes. If he would have stayed dead, it wouldn't have mattered. But he didn't. It's at the name of Christ that people's lives today are changed. It's that name that has bled for us. It's that name that has sacrificed for us so that we can have relationships. 
Our experiences can be put into many different categories. They were hard. We hated them. I don't know. I don't know why or see I had to go through this. Or they can be hard. I hated them. God, what can I learn from this? The last question is very difficult to ask. God, what can I learn from this? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I'll be with Mary and have a transmission rebuilt. <clears throat> yeah. God, help me learn from He's already taught us. He taught it to me before I even got home. He goes, you keep honoring me with your money and saving and being frugal with your money. You can take care of it. And we didn't have a fight about that. I don't know about you, but finances can cause arguments. Door slamming things. <laughs> but it's our experiences. So later on, somebody's going to come and say, say man, I just got, had my, my engine blew up in my car. Guess what? <laughs> say, you know, if you create a budget and do this, Mary and I have experienced this stuff too, and you have the money to fix it and take care of it, it's still cheaper than buying a new car. Oh. <laughs> it's this applicable stuff. Guys, I hope that you had a great day. I hope that the moms, the moms of fur babies or children, or your mom to other kids, whatever you are, we hope that you enjoy the sunshine. Man, we got a great day today. Um, an experience of mine, pers- excuse me, personally. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, it doesn't feel good either. My experience from yesterday is don't get too much sun without SPF on. I was supposed to be outside for half an hour, turned into four and a half hours, and... Um, yeah, I, I turn a nice shade of smoked. Okay, if I was a if I was a, a pork shoulder, it'd be perfect on the outside. <laughs> it's sunny. It's going to be warm today. Enjoy, moms. Every lady, every adult lady. What we want to do is we want to give you a present from Connection this morning. Um, future moms, moms to be, already moms, moms to other kids, mom for babies, whatever they are. We want to say we love you. We want to say that God loves you. And we want you to enjoy a $5 gift card to Starbucks on us. You go get a free coffee, go get a tea, get a hot chocolate. If you think it's a good idea to get Starbucks hot chocolate and give it to your child, don't do it. As an experience, don't do it. They'll race you home without a car and beat you. Listen, we just, we just want to say thank you. By the way, you can take your, when you get your coffee, take a selfie, okay? Send it to the Connection Facebook page and we can just share them and, and take a look at those. But man, enjoy the ladies in your life. Women, thank you. Moms, thank you. <laughs> Jack said something funny for a service. Chances are most of us wouldn't be here without our mom. <laughs> Thank you for nine o'clock did not get that, did they? Listen. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. This is a very small token of our appreciation, okay? We just want to say thank you and that we love you and you're loved. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come here to worship in song, to worship in your word, God to worship with other people. People that we get to see a lot, people that we get to see very seldom, but God, we thank you for today. We thank you for our moms, we celebrate them, we thank you for that gift you've given us. And God, just let us enjoy today. Help us, help us just relax, rest, understand that you are working in our life, God, and when those experiences come, God, help us to teach and help us to pass them on. Help us to experience your goodness. In your name we pray. Amen.